Welcome to the Customer Service Gold Dust Podcast. This is the UK's only podcast where customer experience professionals share their journey, insights, challenges, and current focus in an ever-changing customer service landscape. My name is Gavin Scott, and I invite you to join us as we delve into another great conversation. Whether you want to increase customer satisfaction or decrease customer complaints, there's sure to be plenty of gold dust that will help you to stand out. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Customer Service Gold Dust Podcast, and I'm your host, Gavin Scott. Now, today's guest is someone who I've known for a number of years, and I've been mitering him for a good few months now to come onto the podcast, and so I was delighted when he eventually agreed. With a background in telecommunications and someone who has worked for arguably one of the biggest telecommunications providers here in the UK, joining us all the way from sunny Scotland, let's give a warm welcome to Graham Forbes. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Gavin. Uh, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. I've also wanted to be coming on the, your podcast for um, for quite a long time now. And is it sunny in Scotland? It's certainly not sunny in Scotland just now, that's for sure. If I look out my window, it's what we would describe as dreech. It's a bit right. grey and there's a bit of drizzle. Wow, well listen, I know that it has been quite cold here in England the last week, but it seems to have got a little bit better this week. I think we're at six or seven degrees right now, so it's not too bad. There's, uh, there's certainly some snow up in the hills anyway. Some of the Scottish ski results will be opening up soon. Good. So listen, before we get stuck into some of the things that you do then today, Graham, and great to have you on the podcast, uh, let's just start off with a bit about your background. So so what got you into customer service? My background, I've always worked in customer service, to be honest, Gav. Since I left school, I worked in a shop. I worked in a large supermarket for some time, and I then went into customer experience in a bank. And I, I really quickly early on realized the numbers were my forte. So from that bank, I went to move into insurance. And from there, actually, I got made redundant from that insurance company. And what happened to me was probably the best thing that could have happened to my career because I was forced to take a, a role in that large telecommunications company that you mentioned as a contact center help desk advisor. And that's where the customer experience skills really took off. So I joined actually initially as part of a company that was an outsourcing company to that that other telecommunications company. And from there, what I was doing was taking broadband technical help desk frontline telephone calls and finding out really quickly that there's definitely great ways to talk to people. And there's also ways that maybe our customers don't want to hear as well. And just thinking about that, I've seen many posts on LinkedIn where, you know, people talk about the foundation that contact centers give you when it comes to your career. How did that initial experience help and serve you then, Graham? So I see that a lot as well. And I can't tell you how much I love contact centers. I think that they're a fantastic way to forge a career. So my career actually started taking broadband technical help desk calls. And I have to say at the very start, I really... I found it difficult to kind of acclimatize from an office-based job to a contact center. I found it quite difficult to start with, to be honest. But once I settled into the routine of it, it actually, it really benefited me. So my career went from 
frontline broadband technical help desk advisor. We were then two paid into that large company. And what that meant was is that lots and lots of doors open when you become part of that large company. So from being an advisor, I was then lucky enough to become one of the first coaches in Dundee for that company. From coaching, then went into the this kind of the standard sort of progression in a contact center environment. From coaching, I went into a team manager role. From a team manager role, I um, was able to grow and I was able to impact lots of different people and lots of different customers from that point of view. And it wasn't really until I really... I took a sideways step into the learning and, and development department. And that's where I, I really found my, my passion. And that's passion for helping people deliver the best customer experience they can possibly give. I was on a secondment in that role. And then I went into a support function role, which actually looked at an even bigger project around delivering customer experience. So the way that I always used to look at it, Gav, is that first of all, as an advisor, I can impact maybe 20 customers a day. So maybe 100 customers a week. As a coach, maybe coaching three or four people, that obviously grows to how many customers I can influence. Mm. Then as a team manager with maybe 10 or 12 people within my team, that starts to really start to ramp up how many customers that you can influence. So from taking calls myself all the way up to influencing people, coaching them to deliver customer experience, I loved every minute of it, to be honest. And so, you know, for anyone who's sitting on the fence and maybe listening to this podcast, who's thinking of, of joining a contact center or doing customer service type role, what advice would you give to them if they're not 100% sure right here, right now? From a customer experience point of view, especially when it comes to contact centers, I would say, first of all, just embrace it. So I would say, learn the processes and the systems, because obviously you need to be able to do that. But First and foremost, focus on how you're speaking to your customers. You know, think about how you would want to be spoken to yourself. Think about what your customers want to hear and ask questions as often as you can. Ask as many open questions because we, as human beings, as customers ourselves, we love to be shown that there's someone taking an interest in us. So if you're asking questions, getting to know your customers, uh, Gavin, you might call it finding that gold dust, right? Um, really understand your customers and when it comes to contact centers, there's so many ways that you can start to grow a career. First of all, deliver excellent customer experience. Second of all, do your best to hit your metrics. Third of all, ask ask for more work to do, and then you can start to influence even more customers. No, it's some great advice there, Graham. And I know from previous guests that we've had on the podcast, people like uh, Jackie Turner and mm-hmm. Gary Gormley, they do a huge amount of work in, in the contact center space. And I know that Jackie is very much an advocate for, for people who are thinking about starting a career in the contact center. And she talks about how much opportunity it brings. And I've got a similar story to yourself, Graham, because, you know, the, the same thing happened to me. You know, I, I joined a contact center you know, back in 1998 and the amount of opportunity and skills that I picked up during that time have absolutely set me up for success when it comes to some of the things that I do today. So it's definitely yeah. worthwhile doing, isn't it? Definitely. And back in 1998, I was 15 years old. Gav. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hey. Eh? Well, so listen, so you, you, so, you know, during the early days, you worked in a shop, you worked in a supermarket, you uh, spent some time in a bank and realized that you weren't too good with the numbers. So you moved into insurance and then uh, started to work for a telecommunications provider. So tell me, what's the role that you do today then, Greg? So, so currently I run a company called Lightbulb Performance Coaching and that company specializes in customer experience, uh, leadership and mindset. 
So what that means is that I get the amazing opportunity to work with, I think, probably thousands of new people last year. Thousands of new people. So back in 2019, October of 2019, I was lucky enough to be able to say, I've learned so much from this large company, I'm now going to go and set my own company up. And from that point there, five months later, I had my first daughter. And then five days after that, we all went into lockdown. So you can imagine the panic that would have happened at that point, being a face-to-face trainer, a face-to-face customer experience specialist. But since then, over the last two years, I've been developing as like yourself and like lots of people that you you see in this sort of area, um, developing virtual training sessions. So currently what I do is I work with lots of different companies delivering customer experience training, and that could be with working as an associate trainer for other larger companies or with my direct clients. We focus on delivering workshops for customer experience, for leadership, for coaching. And I think it's fair to say, Gav, that over the last year, it's probably been the best year of my life. Well, this, that's that's great to hear. And if I think about the circumstances that you're in, Graham, you mentioned that, you know, you had a young daughter that arrived and then we had a situation with COVID and that was the time when you were just starting out. I mean, how did you manage to survive all of that? Uh, starting a new business is quite daunting anyway, as you would imagine. You've obviously done the same thing yourself. It was quite daunting to start with, but I think when you have a child, and I don't know if I'm being melodramatic or not, but when you have a child, I think things change, perspectives change, and I feel like I'm quite a determined person. And there was quite a a rough time when there was no work in there, but my network, I reached out to my network. I reached out to a lot of good people. In fact, Gav, you were the person that gave me my first piece of work. I don't know if you remember all those months ago now, all those years ago now. So you gave me my first piece of work, but I think you've got to believe that it's going to come good. I think you've got to focus on what you can control. You know, your classic Stephen Covey's circle of influence and concern. Focus on what you can control and work hard when you get an opportunity and when you get that opportunity make sure it's the best that you could possibly do so that more opportunities come up i obviously knew that i'd you know given you a piece of work to do for me and i'm certainly grateful for you accepting that but i didn't realize it was the first piece graham yeah that was the first piece of work that i actually completed in uh, in my new business wow and if you think about it you know we've taken a a similar journey in terms of the roles that we've done in 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 the corporate sector you know we you know working in the operation initially and then moving into learning and development and and then taking the jump and setting up our own our own training businesses and so i'm sure there's many people listening who maybe are thinking about doing the same thing i mean what would your advice be to those people who've got a bit of an itch that needs to be scratched. Yeah, so what from you my say? experience, I think my my a couple of pieces of advice looking back now would be, first of all, build a great network before you take the leap. I was really lucky that um, I was able to build a, a fantastic network in the role that I was previously doing. And a lot of those people also went out to do their own thing. So I was able to pull on that network Also, I would say, don't ever be afraid to ask, you know, throw it out there, ask, you know, do you need someone to do that piece of work for you? Can I get involved in that? Would that be something that you think that you could bring me in on? And if you ask, there's no harm in asking, right? What's the worst that someone can say? Not at the moment. So they would, looking back, they're definitely my two pieces of, of advice. Leverage your network as much as you possibly can, and then don't be afraid to ask. 
I mean, you know, if you think about the power of LinkedIn and making sure that you connect with people, you engage with their posts, you comment and like, you never know what's around the corner. And so certainly I would, you know, endorse building your network. The, the piece around ask, there's a great little piece in, I think it's Jack Canfield's book called The Success Principles. And he talks about the importance of being an ask whole I may have uh, mentioned this on previous podcasts, but it, it sounds a little bit rude, but it, it sticks. You know, the, the key thing is that you've got to ask, right? If you don't ask, then you don't get. And so that certainly sounds like that's the approach that you've taken, yeah? Yeah, definitely. And I didn't even, I wasn't aware of that, that phrase, to be honest, but I definitely think I'm an asshole, that's for sure. Hey, that's yours. You can have that, yes? <laughs> <laughs> and so you mentioned as well about, you know, the fact that what you do now, you're able to influence people to have great conversations. And that's certainly something that you're passionate about. And if you think about the world that we live in today, then Graham, you know, what's the reason why the customer service is so important as far as you're concerned? I think for me at the moment, Gav, is that the way that every market seems to be going is that customers have so much choice. And if you've got choice, you need to give some people a reason to stay or in some instances, a reason to leave. And I think if people have got so much choice at the moment, they need a reason to stay with you. And that's usually down to customer experience or how easy you you make it for them to do business with you. Yeah. What are some of the, you know, if you think about it, you know, the landscape of customer service has changed dramatically in the last 20 odd months. And what would you say are some of the key skills that people need to have in order to provide that easy experience, as you say? I think the, there's a few key skills. I think the first one is, as soon as you speak to a customer, how do you make them feel welcome? How do you welcome them to that interaction? I hear a lot of people, in fact, when I'm a customer myself, I, I might relay a story of the reason why I'm phoning them. And often I get met with the first thing, which is, What's your account number? What's your telephone number? What's your identifier? But in actual fact, they're completely negating the story that I've said to them. They're they're disregarding me as a human being. So I think the first skill is you need to be able to speak to people as a as a human being, right? I think you need to be able to welcome them into a call where you can show empathy rather than just saying, I'm sorry about your situation. Can you tell me your account? I think that's absolutely huge. I think also knowing theory like the the peak end rule. By Daniel Kahneman, I call him the godfather of neuroscience. I think that knowing and understanding that there, you, you start an interaction on a high, there might be something really interesting in the middle, and then uh, leaving on a high can have a huge, huge impact. And then something that I've done with a lot of customers, and again, Gav, this was something I learned from you, is just finding little bits of information, that free information throughout a conversation that you can relate back to. It means that the conversation is a little bit more meaningful and a little bit more personable. It's a great one. And if I think about some of the content in my book, Finding Gold Dust, I talk about the importance of being interested and demonstrating interest in other people. And it's certainly, you know, something that I've read from the likes of uh, Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and Robert Cialdini in his book, Influence. You know, the more interest that you demonstrate in somebody, the more interested they'll yeah. become in you. So it's it's massively important uh, to make sure that you do that. And those bits around, you know, the peak end rule and making sure that you end, you know, every interaction on a high. I mean, it's funny because sometimes when I set off on a family trip with my kids and my wife, I always say to the, the kids, okay, when we get in the car, we've got to start well. 
right? Everyone's going to be in a happy mood. No one's going to be, you know, arguing where to sit. And then when we get back to the house, we need to get out of the car in a happy way as well. And I'm like, Dad, what is wrong with you? What are you talking about? And I'm like going, kids, we judge our experiences entirely on how they were at their peak and how they end. And the first peak is making sure we get off to a good start. And the last peak is making sure that we end the the experience on a high. And that they're like, God, Dad, I mean, just stop it. You're just crazy. Yeah, I get a lot of that as well in the house. You're boring me now. Stop with that. But yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> Good. Okay, so let's move it on then, shall we? And, you know, let's just think about, you know, for you and maybe a recent experience that you've had, or even it might even be one that happened a, a long time ago. But just talk me through an experience where you thought, wow, now that's what customer service is all about. You know, one springs to mind immediately. To be honest, Gavin, I, I, I share this with a lot of people during my workshop. So right back at the start of lockdown, I mentioned I've got a new child, I've got a, a new business. I'm a face-to-face trainer and the face-to-face training work had just disappeared. So I'm in that lull before companies are really running with virtual training, etc. And I had to put my mortgage on a payment holiday and... It was quite an, it was quite a traumatic, not a traumatic experience. Maybe that's a bit over over the top, but it was quite a difficult, difficult thing for me to have to do. You know, my pride was there. You know, mm. the worry about paying the mortgage. You know, the worry about losing your house. You know, I, I find that when it comes to financial sort of experiences, they're very emotive. So we made the decision. I want to put my mortgage on a payment holiday. So I phoned the building society, and I'll never forget the conversation because it was absolutely fantastic. So I phoned and I said, look. I'm in a really difficult situation at the moment. I'm really embarrassed about having this conversation with you. And I'm I'm a bit emotional, if I'm honest. And the Mm. person said to me, words to this effect, Mr. Forbes, you've come through to the right department. My name's, you don't need to feel like that because lots of people are in this situation at the moment. And we are here to find an option that's going to ensure you come off of this phone call feeling much better about this. And she did. She talked me through lots of lots of options. She found the right option for me. She backed it up with lots of information. She sent me out all the relevant paperwork and we kept in contact for the next three to six months. And that was fundamentally different to someone phoning up and saying, I'm sorry about that. What's your account number? And mm. it made me feel a certain way as a customer. And because of that, I'm pretty sure I'll always have my mortgage with them now. Wow. I mean, if you think about that opening line that she shared there, Graham, I mean, that in itself must must have just felt like a a weight being lifted off your shoulders, right? You would not believe. I mean, I still get goosebumps thinking about that conversation now because it was like a a weight of relief just released from me. And I was like, wow, that was an absolutely incredible. And I've probably told close to a thousand people that story now throughout different workshops because of that you know so i'm an advocate for that company now as well and not only that as soon as i'm i asked her for her email her email address and also for our manager's email address you know yeah. because you know catching people doing it right is a huge part of what we do so i emailed that manager cc'd that per- that person in and that went a long way as well so it just shows that customer experience fantastic customer experience and getting off to a great start makes a huge difference yeah, it definitely does. And w- when you were talking before about, you know, sometimes we can be very process focused and we can maybe ask for the account number or the, the registration plate or, or the mobile phone number of the customer rather than, you know, treating them as a human. I remember, you know, many years ago for one of the companies that I worked for when I was dealing with escalations, right? When someone says, can I speak to a manager? 
often people would come to me and say, Gav, I've got um, 07808054433 on the phone. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, what's the customer's name? 07808054433. And I'm like, hold on. We, we don't deal with mobile phones. We deal with people. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so let's start having conversations with people and start really connecting with them and at least get their name. Right. It's, it's I can definitely relate to that because when I used to get escalated calls and I would look in the notes and I would see the words or the two words end user called. Like, mm. well, what is the end user's name or CX called? You know, I'm like, no, that, that person has a name and they're in a situation. They're not angry at you. They're angry at the situation they found themselves in. But we have a huge opportunity to turn that around. And so on that, well, just on that point, you know, why would you say the names are crucially important when it comes to creating that human connection with our customers then? Because your names are so personal to you, aren't they? And I think if someone turns around and calls me by my name rather than sir or madam, it just creates that bond, doesn't it? It creates that connection that it kind of almost says, look, I've got you. You know, mm. don't worry, Gavin, I've got this for you. It, it kind of gives me that, that feeling of trust, but it also means that you've listened as well. And it's interesting because I came across some research recently, Graham, and it said that, you know, bar the security details at the start of a conversation, I think it said something like only 21% of customer service agents actually use the customer's name during the conversation. Wow. I mean, I've been a customer before. That's an incredible statistic. I mean, I've been a customer before where they said, oh, can I call you Graham? I'm like, of course you can, go ahead. And then two minutes later, is that okay, Mr. Forbes? So it's almost the other way around where they've said, can I use your name? Of course you can. You've built that rapport, that connection with me. And then instantly lost that again because they've maybe forgotten they've done that or it was maybe a process step to ask my name. Really yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? And I suppose everyone's different. And I know sometimes when I'm speaking to people, I mean, just the other day, someone called me Gav and then apologized. Sorry, sorry for calling you Gav. And I'm like, listen, I'm cool with Gav. I, I, in fact, if you call me Gav, I feel more connected with you. But I guess that's different for different people, isn't it? Definitely. So we've had a look at some of the best experiences that you've had. And certainly that experience there with the mortgage provider, certainly top draw. Uh, and then the fact that you will probably stay with them for the rest of your life, that one conversation in itself was worth its weight in gold for that yeah. provider, right? Definitely, definitely. And so what's the focus then right now? What are some of the goals that you've got set for 2022 then, Graham? So it was really interesting, actually, Gav. So um, when at the end of last year, I was watching a TikTok video. TikTok has taken over my life, right? So at the start of lockdown, like most, I downloaded it. In fact, I saw your amazing dance on there at some point, Gav. And uh, I downloaded this this app and I didn't realize just the amount of amazing leadership and mindfulness and mindset stuff that was on there. So there is a point to this story, don't worry. So 30 seconds is about the, the length of my attention span now, unfortunately, because of this. But at the end of last year, I saw this person talking. I can't for the life of me remember who he was. I can't give him kudos or props or anything. But he said, look, if you were to think about 2021 and sum it up in one word what would that be and so 2021 for me was all about growth I yeah growth was a really great word to say kind of sum up my first proper year of trading this year i would say if i was going to put on a goal without being very specific about numbers and dates and all that the goal is stability mm. without a shadow of a doubt so building on what i've what i've achieved last year and then bringing that into 2022 great and just for the listeners out there, what's your one word that you want 2022 to be? So Graham's got stability. Last year, it was growth. 
I'm just thinking for a moment in terms of, you know, what mine could be, I guess. We've gone through the period of survive or survival. Maybe it's trying to, you know, thrive a little bit more in 2022. Maybe that's a word that I can focus my attention on. But uh, so what's your word? What's your word, folks, for how you want 2022 to be? It's important to, you know, make sure that you, you know, you certainly set yourself some goals. And if you think about the last podcast that I did, I talked about the need to set some goals, to write them down, to have them in sight and in mind, because ultimately, if we aim for nothing, will hit it every time. So set those goals and then work through your lists of things to do that will help you to work towards achieving them and smashing them in 2022. So just to finish off then, Graham, what would you, what would your bits of gold dust be for the listeners? What are some of the, the key things that you would want people to take away from this episode then today? Believe in yourself. I think 100% believe in yourself, right? If you're going to make a jump, if you're going to make a, a change, absolutely believe in yourself. There was a quote from TikTok that I, I learned, I think it was right at the start of lockdown, when I was probably in that survival as well as sleep-deprived time. And it said, the most important conversation you'll ever have in your life is the one that you have with yourself inside your own head. And it's so true. So be kind to yourself, be positive about yourself, know that you can do it and go ahead and do it. I think would probably be the physical dust. No, it's great advice. And because, you know, certainly some of the things that I do when I talk about mindset and, and thoughts, you know, I say to people, you know, the, the stuff inside your head, it's, it, it's thoughts, not facts. And sometimes we, we sleep with these thoughts, we caress these thoughts, we spend time with these thoughts and they're just thoughts. And you're only ever one thought away from a positive or a negative situation. So. Absolutely right, Gavin. Actually, a friend of mine who unfortunately passed away in 2020, um, I remember one time, he was a team leader alongside me, actually. And one time when, you know, you know what it's like, so there's some highs or some lows in your career. I was on a, on a little bit of a low and he said to me, Graham, a thought is just a thought. It's not a fact. And it's actually written on my wall in a little um, picture frame to remind me of that. I completely agree with you on that, Gav. Great. Good stuff. Hey, well, listen, how can our listeners get in touch with you? What's the best way to keep in contact with you, Graham? Through email, I would say at the moment, which is uh, graham, G-R-A-E-M-E dot four B-E-S at gmail.com. Okay, great stuff. And we'll make sure that we include that uh, in the show notes. And I'm sure you're on LinkedIn as well. Are you, Graham? Are you on there? Are you active on there? Yes, there is a LinkedIn profile in there as well. Good um, stuff. Search for Graham Fort. Great. Hey, well, listen, Graham, great to catch up with you today and wishing you a stable 2022. <laughs> Look after yourself. I'm sure that I will see you in the not too distant future, but take care and bye for now. Brilliant, Gav. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Customer Service Gold Dust podcast. I'm sure that there were plenty of ideas you can take away and apply to your business today. Three things to do now. Subscribe to the podcast so that you can benefit from every episode. I'd also love to see a little review as well. This helps to spread the word and the gold dust, of course. Head over to Amazon to get a copy of my latest book, Finding Gold Dust, How to Create Exceptional Customer Experiences. The book is endorsed by a former executive vice president of Walt Disney Resorts. And finally, visit my website at www.gavinscott.me and sign up for some more free content. Until next time, stay memorable.